Hola, creepos. Before we start the show today, I want to ask you for your help. The roast is coming up this Saturday night. We want you to leave us your very best roast jokes for myself and for stupid. I mean, Carl. Simply just leave us a voicemail, 585-371-8108, with your best roast jokes. Kick us right in the dick. We deserve it. The best jokes are going to get played at the live show, so don't let us down. Welcome to The Creep Off, a competition-based podcast where the hosts bring in people in a given category and figure out who is the biggest creep. And then we, the listeners, get to vote on who brought in the creepiest creep who ever creeped. The host played till five points, and the winner gets to make the loser spin the dreaded Red wheel of consequences. consequences. Which includes funny consequences, such as the seven-second public porn challenge, or having sex with the Queen of England, which is getting worse by the minute. The score is once again tied, but this time it's 0-0 zero, because zero, we're starting a new game. Attention parents, what you're about to see is not suitable for kids. Shoot, it's not even suitable for some grown-ups. You might want to walk away now if you ain't into these type of things. I'm going to give the people what they want. Sensation, horror, shock. I'm going to deliver the goods because I'm alive and I'm not backing down. Cuckoo, cuckoo. Disgusting, vomit-inducing thing. Listen, I am not nice, I am not kind, and I am wonderful. No, Carl! Yeah! Power too sweet to be sour, I'm funky like a monkey. Sky's the limit and space is the place. So now, ladies and gentlemen, it is start time. Are you ready for start time? Here's the star of the show and your host. It's amazing, Mr. Pizza Pizza. We star of the show. The people's champion. Hola, creepos! Wow, what an amazing, amazing way to start a show! I'm joined by my two pals, Brian McBride. Hey, I don't think I've ever seen you happier. Yeah, really. And you know what? Croge is here too. The creep off. That's not how this works. Ah, fuck! Already messed it up. People are already in the chat, being say like acting so happy to see you, Croge. Yeah, they're going hola, Kroger. <laughs> I had to take a short shift at the gas station today to be here. Carl is traveling. He's coming back from L.A. And we decided we were going to do a show without him, you know, like a mental health day for all of us. <laughs> so uh, today, joining me, like I said, McBride and Croge, we are going to have a great episode. We are going to be talking all about the British royal family, huh? Hey. Mm. I think we pulled this one from the headlines. Before we get too far into the show today, mm-hmm. we need to review the results from last week. And there's just a whole lot of gloating from me today. <laughs> Because I beat Carl by over 50 points on Reddit. Wow. So therefore, ladies and gentlemen, there's nothing to complain about. We got no, uh, we got nothing to bitch about when it comes to voting. We got straight atrocity coming up on the creep off today. Mm. Your people figured out the login, I guess. They finally figured out how to get themselves an account. Nice. The guy, the nurse, my grandmother's nurse, she figured (laughs) out how to get the thing working. (laughs) So everybody's voting. So, ladies and gentlemen, it is the creep off. 
We're going to talk about the British royal family today. But before we do, I just want to remind all of you, the live show is coming up this Saturday night. Mm. Hey. Brian McBride, you're going to be our roast master. I am. What a foolish decision by you. <laughs> well... <laughs> I put faith in you, McBride. I know you did. And, uh, you know, I won't let you down. It's going to be an awesome show. All Can't right. Do it. Crows, you're going to be a part of it? I sure am. I'm looking forward to it. So I'm just going to give you guys a heads up as to what you're going to hear next Monday on this show. You folks are going to get to hear the first half of the live show. We are going to do a creep off live. And then all of you patrons are going to get the roast. You're the only people who are going to get to hear it. It will only be on Patreon. So make sure you support the show. Patreon.com backslash the creep off. Only place you're going to hear the roast, and it's going to be a blast. Crows, are you ready to roast Carl? Uh, I've been looking forward to it for 22 and a half years. Now, excellent. So, excellent. Yeah. And uh, today during the voicemail segment, we are also going to be giving away a pair of VIP tickets to the show. Oh, so, yeah. sold out show, right? It is sold out. Only but, way to uh, get it. Our pal LaDuff's Cadillac on Twitter can't make it, and he had two uh, VIP tickets, and he just said, hey, give them out to somebody else. So wow. that's what Hot we're going to do. We're going to do it. We got some voicemails from some people for that. Now, guys, I told you we're talking England today. And I'm anti-monarchy. I'm an American. Because that British Bulldog was a bad guy? (laughs) He tried to wrestle Bret Hart at SummerSlam in 96. What year was it? Was it 90? No, it was like 92 or 94? 94. I forget. Either way, I'll volunteer to go first. Okay. And then I'll let you guys uh, go in whichever order you choose. But my creep today, ladies and gentlemen, there is no time like the present, and the iron has never been harder to talk about this bitch. Queen Elizabeth II. She mm. sucked, wow. and I don't care that she's dead. <laughs> <laughs> how, do I, how do you like that, folks? I don't wish her terrible children uh, warm wishes. Fuck her family. Fuck her fuckface son and her dumb grandkids. The King of England and his grandkids suck. Everybody in that whole family sucks. Yeah, I don't think I've ever been prouder to be an American than when I hopped on Twitter the day she died and just saw people roasting the fuck out of her. Thank God. This but, is the country. But you turn on the news and everybody's going, oh, she was so wonderful. She was a steady presence. Yeah. A steady presence. She really waved well for <laughs> eight, 200 years she was alive. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about her for a minute. <laughs> I got plenty to discuss. This whole idea of a king or a queen mm-hmm. disgusts me. You mm. crows. Oh, it's terrible. Like, you look at these people, and you're absolutely just disgusted. Now, I want to show you just a clip of her kid from, like, yesterday. He's been a king for 48 hours. <laughs> look at what this guy's doing. He's yelling at the slaves, move this. Move like, it. I'm uh, calling slaves their servants. They get paid. He can't move something himself. He's got to brush it away with his hand. Well, yeah, there's a, a tray with pencils, and he needs the guy to move it, but his whole body language is, oh, oh get this terrible thing away from me, and it's fucking hilarious what a ponce and there's multiple countries full of people that are going to pretend like this is Mm -hmm. a great dude and then put pictures of him on their money i don't know what it's like in the uk but the fact that you have to pretend that these people matter i don't even know what that would be like we get to vote them out every four years england had this one she's the longest reigning monarch 70 fucking years in charge she took over in 1952 guys Mm. so there was still a British Empire at the time when she took over. You guys are familiar with the British Empire? Absolutely. The empire on which the sun never set? I was a former member. Oh, that's right. You're an Irishman, aren't you? Yeah. 
they commanded at one point at the height 23% of the population of the country. Which is pretty impressive. The they were imperialists. Of the globe, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, guys, I'm having trouble. <laughs> 80% of the people in England, they have. Yeah. <laughs> they were really... I'm not used to having people listening to me talk. <laughs> so you got to forgive me for throwing it off. You guys are like, listen, going, yeah, that's an interesting point, Vinny, and not moving along. I want to play you an excerpt from her speech from when she took control of England. And I want you to listen to this and tell me what's wrong with this sentence. I declare before you all that my whole life, whether it be long or short, shall be devoted to your service and to the service of our great imperial family to which we all belong. Imperialism, folks. The British Empire at the time still has, I think, like 24 provinces or parts to it. And then there's like Charles, now King of Scotland. Is Northern Ireland still part of it? I think, I don't know. Either way, they own a lot of power. They had a lot of property, and they had to defend it, and they did it jealously. Are you guys familiar with the Malayan emergency? No. No. There was a guerrilla war between the British Armed Forces and the Malaysian National Liberation Army, the military wing of their Communist Party. It started four years before Elizabeth's reign, but it went for eight years after. What happened was they wanted the British out, so they started to attack the British troops. Now, she's the queen of England, which makes her... The same as the president, the commander-in-chief of the armed forces. They swear allegiance to her. Mm. So she's in charge of all of this shit. So the response was, these people want their freedom. It wasn't, uh, well, I guess we should give them their freedom. Mm. It was the same old shit with her. They declared a state of an emergency. And that started a scorched-earth terror campaign in which British military set fire to homes and farmland that belonged to anybody that may have met anyone who was involved with this Malaysian National Liberation Army. Now, this emergency went on for like eight years under her. They burned their crops. They sprayed their crops with Agent Orange Mm, to starve people out. And they estimated that over 6,700 guerrilla fighters and over 3,000 civilians died in this. And it is known now as one of the least successful counterinsurgency campaigns undertaken by any country ever. Huh. So she just went in there and wreaked havoc yeah. mm. on the fucking civilians to get it the communists. Great. She's in charge. She's the sole monarch. Okay? 1952, the year she takes over, there's a thing called the Mau Mau Rebellion. England owned all of Kenya. So they were just taking more and more land and doing the same thing they kind of did in South Africa. They were pushing people into like smaller like camps and settlements. Mm-hmm. Well, they started a counterinsurgency campaign, and they were like, you know what? Fuck that. So from 1952 to 1963, they ran like what are equate to concentration camps for Kenyans. Mm. 160,000 people in these camps. Oh, Jesus. Well, if they're Kenyan concentration camps, you know they run well. <laughs> That's a that's a <laughs> funny joke. So either way, the the people from Kenya are still suing the British government for two hundred billion dollars in reparations. How's that going? Not well, you know why? <laughs> because from the nineteen fifties to the nineteen seventies, under order of the Queen, during the height of decolonization, yeah. the British authorities launched Operation Legacy, which basically meant destroy all the paperwork. They wanted and destroyed records, they threw them in the ocean, they burned them, any records on these camps. Anything that could, quote, embarrass Her Majesty's government. That uh, sounds like the opposite of legacy. 
is burning all the documents. No, it's making it's forming a legacy, McBride. Oh, okay. Now the Irish hated her ass as well. We know this, yeah. Mm. I'm going to show you how I know the Irish hated her because this was posted the day she died. This is Irish River Dancing at Buckingham Palace to another one bites the dust. Vinny, is this your TikTok algorithm? It's like teenage boys dancing. They call that the Irish goodbye. Oh, okay. They just fucking went and celebrated and danced at Buckingham Palace, the Irish jigs. Just want to point that out. Gotta respect it. So uh, there's this whole thing about Northern Ireland and the Protestants, the Catholics, and England. That was a whole big problem. And on January 30th, 1972, the British Army shot 26 people, 14 of whom died. They were just basically protesters. It's called Bloody Sunday. I'm not playing any U2 because I, won't, I, I know I'm not going to win this week. I just want to talk about what a piece of shit she is. <laughs> so all this shit happened under her watch. She was supporting colonization all the way through the end. And she everybody calls her the great decolonizer. Bullshit. She was trying to keep Northern Ireland all the way up into the 70s. She, they're just terrible. Ladies and gentlemen, my next points might be controversial. But I'm going to cite my sources. My first source is a gentleman by the name of David Icke, who argues that specifically the Windsor royal bloodlines are, in fact, hybrid reptilian humanoids. Mm. Okay. I believe it. Yeah. And that the queen is definitely a shapeshifter and that her family oh. has practiced cannibalism for decades. Is that the shape you would pick if you were a shapeshifter? <laughs> nobody said she was a good shapeshifter. Okay, you're right. Two, two, you're Right, fair point. Now, here's something that not a lot of people know. That in 2010, an aboriginal man named William Combs, a Canadian aboriginal man, made an official declaration claiming that Queen Elizabeth and Prince Philip abducted 10 children from a Camp Lumps residential school in 1964. Combs claims to have witnessed, witnessed this and said that it was the last surviving member of the group of witnesses. Combs died suddenly the following year in a Vancouver hospital in 2013. Isn't that interesting? They do love England and Canada. For in fact, he d I have his description of what happened. Would you like to hear what he said? Yeah. He said, in October 1964, when I was 12 years old, I was in a student at the Camelop School, and we were visited by the Queen of England and Prince Philip. I remember I, it was strange because they came by themselves, no big fanfare or nothing. But I recognized them, and the school principal told us it was the Queen, and we were all given new clothes and good food for the first time in months. Ooh. The, so day far, the, so good. the day the queen got to the school, I was part of a group of kids that went on a picnic with her and her husband and some of the priests because it was a Catholic school. They went down to the meadow near, quote, Dead Man's Creek. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Listen, this man claimed this. This is not me. I remember it was weird because we all had to bend down and kiss her foot. She had a white laced boot. After a while, I saw the queen leave the picnic with 10 children from the school and those kids never returned. Wow. Was Duke Rex Ryan there as well? No. Okay. No. Now, uh, I would also like to bring up that she killed Princess Diana. Allegedly, but probably. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, Christine Fitzgerald, who was Diana's best friend, claims that she, Diana was murdered by MI6 on behest of the Windsors. This comes from Newspunch.com's Baxter Dimitri. He says, these are quotes from her, she was fr Diana was frightened for her life for years before her death. She knew things weren't right. 
we would sit together and chat and listen to Duran Duran to try and relax, but it stopped working. She showed me the letter she wrote to Paul Burl and asked if she thought she was crazy. She thought that Charles had used her as a vessel to have William, and once she was done, there were whispers among the Windsors about how to retire her from public life. I like how they made the point. We, we even listened to Duran Duran. What else yeah. are we supposed to do? Seriously. Christine Fitzgerald says it was an orchestrated criminal conspiracy, a mafia-style assassination. Is it criminal if they are the law? Good point. Good point. Mm. Either way, she died last week, or her fo- she may have gone back to her home planet. She may have burrowed into the earth with her other reptilian <laughs> friends. All I know is that her shitty child is in charge now, and I just wanted to show you this video because... This is really unsettling, and I think this is proof that she's a lizard woman, guys. Watch closely to this little child's reaction. (laughs) (laughs) That kid fucking ran. He ducked behind his parents and got the fuck out of there when faced to face with that old gal. Yeah. You cut off the end there where he says, I'm not an Aborigine kid. <laughs> so you ran off. They cut off the end where she goes, Philip, get to the net. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, I don't fucking know. Queen Elizabeth was awful. She was a lizard person. Mm. She supported genocide, colonization, and, uh, you know, just she wasn't that great. Fuck her. Who's next? next? I, I can go ahead. Yeah. Um,. Let's go back a couple of years. Um, I want to talk about my buddy Henry VIII. We're going back a couple of years here. They were probably friends, though. Yeah, I mean, they, they did grow up together. <laughs> um, this dude's born 1491, right. right? He's number two in line. He's not going to be king. He's out getting this religious education. His older brother dies at the age of 15. So now this dude's next in line. Then his dad dies when he, Henry, is 17. So uh, it's 1509. Now this dude becomes king. He stays king for 38 fucking years. And he does what any of us would do in that situation, which is he marries his brother's widow. Because the dude died at 15 but was Worked already for married. for Hunter Biden. Yeah, you know, it does. Uh, it, it, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> this dude is famous, though, for all these wives. He's got six wives all together. Uh-huh. Two he divorces. Two he fucking executes. Um, and the, the first divorce ends up with a divorce with the Catholic Church itself. Starts the English Reformation. Starts the troubles. Starts fucking centuries of bloodshed and warfare. It's fucking unbelievable. How annoying must she have been that he started a new religion just to get rid of her seriously although in doing that he dissolves all the monasteries he takes all the money that was her personality was so bad her personality was so terrible he was like arguing with god yeah seriously he's like you fucking what you made this bitch jesus you gotta do something about this new church new church but he then takes all the money that's going to the church takes it to the kingdom and then is perpetually broke he's spending Mm. money on crazy shit opulent parties he fights wars with fucking france scotland and the holy roman empire all unsuccessfully this dude is just fucking (laughs) it just blowing money as fast as he fucking can you're saying he's not very good at picking wars that's what I'm saying. That's okay. what I'm saying. But his true love, the thing that brought him happiness, and this is my clip number one. Uh, this is from a channel called The Fortress. This motherfucker loved executing people. Henry VIII, it's believed, executed 70,000 people during his time on the throne, during the Tudor period, and many of those executions took place at the Tower of London. The tower became infamous as a site of execution, with two of Henry's own wives, Anne Boleyn and Catherine Howard, losing their lives on the scaffold there. Anne was executed by sword, 
Catherine by axe, but there were many other executions that occurred inside of the Tower of London during this time period. But there was one incredibly shocking one that saw Henry VIII kill an elderly member of the Plantagenet family, and with the killing of Margaret Pole, Henry was eliminating a woman with royal blood. So he's killing wives, he's killing royals, he's killing elderly, he kills a fucking nun. Uh, Dude, but you know you wish you were his best friend. Well, he killed because his best friend. Well, okay, Thomas Cromwell mind. sends him right up there as soon as he stopped. But this dude is just anyone around him. I'm if, just saying, though, it would be cool to be able to have a best friend who had the authority to execute your wife. And would be like into it if you needed him to. I'm just learning this, but apparently the Tower of London is three stories tall based on that video. Yeah, it's wild shit. But they, they would have the, you know, again, public executions. Yeah. A, little, a little different time than what we have now, but that's still pretty fucked up. But Vinny, this will bring joy to your heart. This is my clip number two. He fucking loved killing children. Mm. England has a dark history involving executions and children. In the years following the Tudor period, the laws were changed during a period of time referred to as the Bloody Code, in which hundreds of new offences carried the death sentence. To put people off committing these offences, many executions of even minors were carried out. But Alice Glaston is considered the youngest girl on record to have been legally executed in England. There was a boy who was allegedly hanged for arson, named John Dean, who was condemned at the age of around nine. But Alice Glaston is the youngest girl to be executed. And she's 11, by the way. So they're uh, nine-year-old boys, 11-year-old girls, fuck you up on the gallows. They didn't even write down what they killed her for. Just fucking you. Up there. You're gone. Mm. They didn't even give a reason for killing him? No. I, you didn't even need one. This fucking 11-year-old looks like trouble, man. All Get right. I'm going to go out and say it. I like Henry VIII. I'm a, fr- yeah. I'm a fan. Well, you'll like this part, too. Uh, this is from a channel called Grunge, which is Unfucking watchable so I'm sorry about this, but uh, this is my number three. He's got an ass wipe for a CFO. According to History Extra, Henry VIII had a room of the stool, and although it's possible stool might have referred to the piece of furniture, it may also have had another very literal meaning, wiping the king's butt and changing his underwear, which, if that's the case, then ew. You might think that such a position would be degrading and humiliating, but it actually came with a ton of power. The groom of the stool not only had to possibly deal with the king's bathroom duties, but he also managed the king's personal finances, which means he was pretty much in charge of England's wealth. Hashtag worth it? Wait, so he wipes his shit and then does his taxes? Yeah, <laughs> and they didn't have sinks or soap, so this his fucking finances are just covered in his own poop. H&R blocked I- up. There you go. Hold Thank on, sir. I have the W-2s over here. <laughs> yeah, let me just wipe them off real quick yeah, and hand Jesus. them to you. Oh, so uh, 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 this dude has a diet of 5,000 calories a day, right? He enjoys 13-course meals, and it's mostly, if not all, meat because bread and vegetables are fucking peasant food. Right. I'm rich. I only right. eat meat. No health consequences to that. Everything's going great. He's in his mid-40s, right? It's 1536. Motherfucker gets in a jousting accident. Gets thrown from the horse. He gets unconscious for two hours and fucks both his legs up, right? Was the accident the horse buckled at the knees? Well, <laughs> at this point, he's still a svelte, good-looking, like he's known okay. as, as like a, a trim, handsome guy. You know what I mean? He's very well, athletic. Well, yeah, I mean, when you kill everybody who says anything different, that's what you are known as. Well, dude, The is- king... <laughs> He's known as handsome. Well, at, in, a, in his mid forties, dude's out jousting. I mean, that's that's not too terrible. But anyway, gets knocked down. This fucking head injury, uh, you know, many modern people speculate caused 
changes his personality. Mm. He becomes paranoid. He becomes fucking vengeful and petty. Like, I thought you were going to say he goes really downhill. I thought you were going to say like he started being nice to people. It stopped executing everyone. Mm-mm. Wouldn't that be nice? It sounds like his personality stayed the same. Um, the dude is six foot one, which has got to be, I mean, 16th century. That's got to be fucking enormous. Mm. And like his armor still exists. Like you can actually say, so, uh, he starts his, uh, 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 reign at a 32 inch waist. By the time he's dead, it's 54 inches. Oh, and hit my number four. If you don't, he weighed nearly 400 pounds when he died. And as a result, he suffered from a myriad of health problems, including ulcers on his legs that were constantly open, often infected and really smelly. According to the Tudor Society, he couldn't walk, which contributed to his weight gain. So for the last 12 years, he keeps up to 5,000 calories. They had to fucking invent, like, pulleys and, like, wheelchair-type shit just to get this guy around. There's never been anyone that weighed 400 pounds. I mean, it's fucking medieval times, practically. You know mm. what I mean? Um, that's just the, the image I want to leave you with. Is he a is huge, mighty. Obese petty angry dude with fucking open stinky smelly festering mm. fucking wounds on both his legs that stay there for the last 12 years of his life good times yeah but could he shapeshift mm. yeah i don't think he had the lizard in him unfortunately otherwise he would have bounced right back from that grown some new legs all right great presentation croge uh brian mcbride Take her home. Who so, is the creepiest member of the British royal family? So you made a rule when you posted this tweet. You said the creepiest person in the royal family not named Prince Andrew. Here's my problem with that. When you say that, people are going to think Prince Andrew is creepy. Okay. Does have that connotation. He does. And that's not true at all. So I picked Chris and- Prince Andrew just to prove to everybody what a non-creep this guy is. Okay. Okay. So he's been in the news a little bit lately. I don't know if you guys have heard. Yeah, just touch. Uh, there's a woman who came forward, Virginia Dufry, who claims that when she was 17, she was sex trafficked to him uh, through his friend Jeff or something. I can't remember his name. Um, here's the thing. Prince Andrew never met the girl. He said so himself. He never met her so much that he just settled for $20 million for someone he's never met before. <laughs> yeah, this guy. Right. Absolutely. He claimed he never met her, and then that picture came out. You probably said the famous picture of the blonde girl with him. Mm-hmm. They say it's definitely her and him together, but he has a very convincing story about why that's not the case. Mm. You can't prove whether or not that photograph is uh, faked or not. See? The prosecution oh. says it's real. Yeah. They say, who can say? <laughs> that, that's a real he said, she said. Right. So, you know, we don't... That's a he said, she said, maybe. That's <laughs> right. really what that is. <laughs> Right. And here's a guy. Here's why I know he's not guilty of anything, right? This guy is beloved by everyone he meets except for, you know, the media, uh, you know, Fox News, you know, yeah. you know, Always CNN, on the guy. MSNBC, Twitter, pretty much most people who've met him. But besides any of those people, like, he's just universally beloved. Yeah. In fact, they gave him a fun nickname. You guys ready for this? Yeah. yeah. Did uh, Prince Andrew have a nickname at that time? It was called the The cunt. Wow. <laughs> Which, to be fair, this is 60 Minutes Australia. Yeah. And in Australia, which does love our royal family, yeah, that it? is a very nice thing to say. I was going to uh, say, that's a greeting there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that means that everybody loves him. Right. So let's go back to this uh, the story of Virginia here. Um, this is a woman meeting a prince. This is a fairy tale. Listen to this like Disney-esque description she gives of meeting the prince. I, you know, was woken up by Gillen in the morning and 
told I was going to meet a prince, and up till then, I didn't even, I should have known, but I didn't even know that I was going to be trafficked that night to him. And um, we went shopping, and, and Prince Andrew came over, and then we went to Club Tramp, and he danced with me, and he's, he's a horrific dancer, by the way, and he sweats a lot, and he smells funny. See? This is every woman's dream right here when they it's beat a prince. reptilian blood that makes him smell funny. I was going to say, that sounds like uh, my first date with the Bukaki queen. <laughs> so a lot of people... Everybody said, could smell that. So for whatever reason, uh, some people saw this interview and they found it insulting to uh, Prince Andrew <laughs> that she would say that you know he sweats and does all this stuff. Uh, but here he is disproving this whole story. Yeah. Uh, to say that she's obviously lying, and here's how we can tell. There was Prince Andrew's response to Virginia's claim. He was sweaty and smelled funny. She described dancing with you, and you profusely sweating, and that she went on to have bath, possibly... There's a slight problem with with the sweating, um, because uh, I, I have a peculiar medical condition which is that i don't sweat um or i didn't sweat at the time he didn't sweat at the time <laughs> i didn't sweat at the time you know those times in our lives where we just don't sweat yeah that was one of those times unfortunately he forgot the doctor's note that proved that yeah uh which would have been our faces would have been so red that he that he brought that up i would have believed him if he was like i don't sweat i listen over, I didn't sweat for the period between 1997 and then the fall of 2000. Yeah, I do mm-hmm. love that caveat. Now, I do sweat now. Right. So you will see me sweating during like, this right interview. Right now, during this interview while I'm pouring sweat out of my body. <laughs> yeah, yeah. While you're mentioning all the sex trafficking I yeah. was involved with, uh, there may be some perspiration. <laughs> but back then, I was not sweating, so therefore uh, she is lying. I mean, uh. the sex trafficking I was not involved with. Okay, can we start this again? <laughs> <laughs> He's, he's got a couple daughters who got married. Um, Vinny, I know you got married. I'm sure your parents and your wife's parents, they brought a lot of their friends to the wedding. Some people you probably haven't met. But you, you like that they're there because these are usually well-to-do people who bring great gifts, right? Uh, to my wedding in Alabama? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, Brian. Not really. Well, because he's so nice, he listened to this guest list of people he invited to his own daughter's wedding. It was a close-knit affair, friends and family, the nearest and dearest. And that's why convicted Libyan gun smuggler Tarek Kaituni was in attendance. <laughs> it's bad enough he called his daughter Eugenie. He then invited a man who claimed to help free the Lockerbie bomber to her wedding. There you go. Wow. He invited a known weapon smuggler to his daughter's wedding. You know... <laughs> Some high-powered guests. He's going to give a good gift, but make sure you hold it up to make sure it's not uh, ticking before you open it. Was anybody complaining during the fireworks display? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Just out of curiosity. So uh, Prince Andrew, uh, obviously great guy. Uh, here's how you know he's a nice guy. He has a uh, a fun little hobby he has, you know, as, as we all do, since uh, he doesn't spend a lot of time working on anything. Uh, listen to this fun hobby that uh, Prince Andrew enjoys. Paul recounts a tour by a colleague of the prince's bedroom, where teddy bears were meticulously placed on his bed. We looked at all the teddy bears on the bed. We thought, okay, a 40-year-old man with about 50 or 60 teddy bears on his bed. All right, fair enough. And then he said, there's a card in that drawer there, and showed us the card. It was an eliminated picture of all the teddy bears. And then he explained that if the teddy bears aren't put back in this certain order, Prince Andrew would start shouting and swearing at the mates. 
There you go. He likes his teddy bears in a very specific order, and that's why he laminates pictures. And then when you work at the palace, you spend literally a full day on teddy bear positioning. Where do we put Mr. Brab Brab? <laughs> Where's the goddamn diagram? He's right. coming. That's an interesting decision for a gentleman of that age to have teddy bears all over his bed, unless he's doing immoral things with them. Yes. So that is why Prince Andrew is the least creepy of anybody in the royal family. That is a compelling argument. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, those are your choices. Queen Elizabeth II, King Henry VIII, or Prince Andrew. You'll be able to vote on Reddit one of these days. <laughs> now, I'm sure that the, a guest will get a point this week. Whatever the fuck. Boo. I don't care. McBride, mm-hmm. I believe it's time to move on from the competition segment. Oh, really? To our voicemails. And they're usually brought to us by our good friends in Syracuse. So why don't you uh, take it away? Absolutely. The Creep Off voicemail segment is brought to you by the city of Syracuse. Firefighters had to rescue two window cleaners that were 85 feet in the air. The workers were extra unlucky because the fire happened to be on the one day of the year where Syracuse gets any cleaning at all. See you in Syracuse. (laughs) Yay. All right. Where to begin this week? We got so many voicemails, guys. Question for me. Hey, Vinny. I have a question for you. I was just wondering... Why do you stand during the show? Why do you not sit like Carl? Aren't you fat? <laughs> also, you have a big forehead. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> I do have a big forehead, but I also have thighs of steel. Uh, no, I know. Uh, I stand up because I feel like I'm more on the ball when I'm standing up and sitting down. And I'm a stand-up comic, and it just makes me feel like a little more comfortable. Second standing. part wasn't really a question there. Yeah, about the forehead. But. It was more of a uh, more of a point. Yeah, Vinny, this is your pizza delivery guy. I'm sorry, but I need to go with Carl this time. I hate doing that because the whole pedophile thing I just find really dull. I mean, yeah, it's something that should be illegal, but it's not a crime I really give a shit about. I would. If there was a pedophile moving into my neighborhood, moving next door, I would help him move in and draw him a map of where all the kids in the neighborhood live if it would keep a guy who dresses like the Joker out of my neighborhood. That's what I'm trying to say. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Fuck you. Bye. How does that guy think you get guys that dress like the Joker? Yeah. Aren't those the same guys? Well, where do they come from? Well, they come from living next to the child molest. I'm going to say that the Joker's origin story is murky at best. That's true. If we're going into DC Comics. But yeah, that's a good point, Croge. And I do get where you're going. Do I hate pedophiles? Yes. Do I hate people who dress like the Joker more than pedophiles? Yeah. Actually, I do. Moving Mm. on. Okay. You had to make me think a little bit about this. Hey, girl, Vinny. Uh, I already have a VIP table for the creep off roast. Nice. But you should give me those two VIP tickets anyway, so I can throw them in the garbage, and then you'll have two empty seats, and you guys can just live with the shame of not having a full house. I think that would be a great idea. Thank you, Cookie Butter. Can cool. I tell him the secret of show business? Sure. If it sells out, who the fuck cares? <laughs> exactly correct. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I've been saying all week. It could be uh, an empty house. We don't care. We sold out. All right, so uh, that's one guy who wants the tickets. Here's another person who wants the tickets. What the fuck? Well, give me those fucking tickets, Vinny. I'll take the train and I'll use Carl's coupon code. Give me them tickets. 
Not a compelling reason why I should give them to you. Croge, I don't know if you know this person who wants them. Hi, this is Lucy Tightbox from the Isotope Go-Go Dancers. <laughs> we think that we should win the VIP ticket to Carl's roast because after years and years of him roasting us and telling us that we suck dick, we'd really like to see everybody else tell him that he does. Mm. Thanks. Well, those are the three people who wanted them. We have the one guy who's going to throw them in the trash. Mm-hmm. We have another guy who says he'll take the train. And then we have Isotopes Dancers, which I don't know if I want them there. Uh, they've been waiting for uh, decades to see Carl get it, so uh, that might be kind of fun. That's your, your voting for the, the Isotopes Dancers, McBride? Yeah, I, I'm with the uh, Isotope Dancers. All right, so McBride and Croge are giving the tickets away to Lucy Tightbox. Congratulations. Hey. We'll see you at the row Saturday night, Lucy. Woo! All right. This is another message for me. Hi, this is uh, Aaron Powell, the CEO of Pizza Hut. That's what I sound like. Sorry for getting back to you so late. We've had a lot of stabbing to deal with. Mm-hmm. But we're just letting you know we're going to be discontinuing the Paulina Pizza. Paulino Pizza, you know, the one that serves 16. We're going to cancel that. So you'll be hearing from our lawyers, if not our delivery drivers. Well, uh, see you soon. Thanks. Why is he suing you for discontinuing a pizza? Uh, he's suing me and discontinuing the pizza because we've been pointing out all the terrible things that happen oh, at Pizza Huts lately. Gotcha. Uh, all right. Well, I have this voicemail. It's not really a voicemail that came in, but it was an email. And I need to take a second and read this because it was quite interesting. We got a couple interesting pieces of correspondence today. This one came in from Nick Tucker. Now, I need to throw a plug out there for our pal Blind Mike. You know Blind Mike, right, Croach? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I uh, was very happy to do his show, Why Are We Laughing Again? I did my second episode with them last week. Oh, no kidding. What did yeah. you guys cover? I love that show. The Man Show. Oh, no shit. The time mm. capsule that is The Man Show. Yeah. So that episode will be out there uh, next week. Oh, and great. As you know, our boy Blind Mike is uh, pretty close to the Kirk Minahan show that's on uh, Barstool Sports. And apparently, the creep off got mentioned on Kurt Menahan's show. So let's take a listen to this, and then we can respond appropriately. Okay. <laughs> we go to blindmike.net right now, please, and uh, subscribe and uh, uh, enjoy all the wackiness. I listened to the Bob yes. Newhart episode, which I liked very much. Oh, very well you. done, Mike. Thank you. Uh, and I saw he's got uh, Paulie Delino in there, whoever Vinny, next week. Vinny, Who was pa- it? Vinny Paulino. Vinny Paulino. Very from, funny guy. From, was, uh, we talked about the man show. From which podcast is he on? Which was uh, his podcasts are the creep off. And, yeah. Uh, they saw murders there or no? That's my knowledge. They do okay. talk crime, but yeah. I mean, like, I, I look. I, I will it. say, I look down now on crime, two true crime podcasts that don't, don't solve. Murders. Yes, yeah, I, that I makes mean, sense. We should, should have always been by stance because we solved it. But right. I mean, I don't. You've earned the right. And the craziest thing is the rankings that these shows get. That it's just an hour of two people who have done maybe an hour of research. <laughs> stuff. People, people get afraid of you know real down in the dirt old-fashioned journalism and that's what we brought back and i don't know if america's ready for that yet i thought it was very successful but we'll see i mean we'll see going forward i think it's really nice that he gave carl an hour of research i was gonna say that's, that's giving me a lot of credit right there You're giving me a lot of credit today holy fuck listen Kirk, listen pal i know you solved a murder on your podcast that you did i know congratulations you solved a murder but you know what this is the home of fucking podcast hitman, motherfucker. I'm not solving murders. murders. We're entertaining murderers. <laughs> That's what I do on the show. 
<laughs> I don't need to solve any problems. <sighs> now, we solved that when it was him. Now listen, <laughs> it's a true crime show for true criminals. I want the listeners' help on this. If you're listening to this show and you have committed a murder and nobody knows about it, mm. please confess to me so I can just shove it right in Kurt Metahan's face and say that I solved a murder. So if you've killed somebody and you just want to get it off your chest, I'm totally going to turn you in for the, for the publicity. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, you'll feel better and you'll get three squares a day. No new murders. It has to be a murder that has already been committed. Yes. Right? Do not go out and kill... <laughs> I am not ordering. I'd be very clear. Thank you, McBride. You're welcome. This is not an order to go out and kill. This is not for fresh murders. I demand. I demand to know what you did. Call, leave a voicemail, 585-371-8108. And let me know if you've murdered someone so I can spike Kurt Menahan. Thank you. Now, uh, I also got a, a tweet message from a listener, and I can't say their name. But this is a lot of fun. My creep last week was David Thorstad, who was the founder of NAMBLA, mm. also an Arctic communist. People didn't realize. Wow. And uh, I got this message, and he asked me not to share his Twitter handle, but I'm going to read this to you. Listen to the most recent episode, and your research made me realize I'm related to David Thorstad. Oh, no. So fuck you. I go, are you really? That's horrible. And he said, his dad is my great-grandfather, and he's my great-half-uncle. I also worked at the hospital he died in. Literally none of my family knew. My great-grandfather never talked about his second marriage or any other children. So he died with no friends or family in the hospital, mm. if that makes anybody happy. Yeah, what a surprise. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Softcast, I do not want to hear about your old rapes. <laughs> Sorry, just have to comment on the YouTube chat. Um, Unless they're murder rapes. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> It's like double points. McBride is, McBride is just picking up all the balls I've dropping today. God bless you, son. God bless you. So I guess that would make it time for a scum parade, wouldn't it? Driving Oh, guys, I got to tell you, our first creep today, Newport, Richie, Florida. And you know what? So worth this jingle. Newport Richie Police Corporal really liked this song. <laughs> They're going to verse two. <laughs> and he lost his job after oh, an internal no. investigation confirmed allegations of sexual misconduct raised by a 17 year old girl who was in his custody. According to the Newport Richie Police Department, 
Former police corporal Bobby Labrito, 43, is not facing any criminal charges stemming from the allegations, but boy, is he lucky he didn't. Yeah. So he's found guilty of sexual whatever, and like, no, not criminally, though. What is non-criminal sexual? Well, allow me to tell you the story, kids. Okay. The girl, who's not been named publicly by police, has recently been deemed a runaway when she was dis- was spotted by a detective in Newport Ritchie. The detective took the girl to the Norton Bay Hospital for a checkup, then arranged to have Labrito take her to the Juvenile Assessment Center. Hmm. So according to the report, the girl asked Labrito to turn the radio to a specific music channel, and he placed her cell phone on his charger in the front seat at her request. When they arrived at the jail, however... Labrito was told he was missing signatures on her medical clearance paperwork, which meant he and the girl had to drive back to the hospital. In his patrol car, Labrito again placed the girl's phone on his charger, but this time he asked for the password to access the phone. Ah, The girl Mm. gave it to him, but said she was surprised when he started looking at her photo gallery and watching videos of her twerking while making comments about her ass. The girl told detectives Labrito admitted he was, quote, really trying to see what your, quote, breasts look like, and eventually <gasps> logged into her Snapchat account where he found a photo of the juvenile's bare breasts. <gasps> Sorry. Titties, make. Yeah, <laughs> I'm allergic to titties. The the underage titties, anyway. Labrino took a photo of the picture with his phone. What the fuck? He's scrolling through this young girl's phone just being like, man, those are some great ass shots, but where are the titties, honey? Yeah, mm-hmm. she's like Snapchat, and he goes to the Snapchat, finds the titties. And then he finds the titties, and then takes a screenshot by holding his phone over her phone? Correct. Oh, like God. a true fucking pervert. Yeah. Now, yeah. he continued to look through the naked pictures while driving back to the hospital, all making comments all the way. Now, according to the report, the police corporal was so distracted by the photos that he hit a deer. Ugh. While driving oh. back to the hospital. Boy, those are some nice tits. So Damn! Jesus. Oh, my God. What a clown. And this poor girl's in the back seat during yeah. this whole thing. He's fucking hitting shit. Oh, my God. That is unfucking believable. You got to have a set on her, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Carl would have laughed harder at that. Yeah. You know, it show's over. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. According to the report, the police corporal was so distracted, he hit the deer. Labrino then arrived at the hospital and obtained the signatures needed for the girl's medical clearance. He let her eat half of his sandwich without handcuffs outside of his cruiser. Okay. The girl told investigators she engaged the police officer in, quote, sexually explicit banter, hoping he would let her go. Now, what do you think that means? Was she like, hey, she I'll uh, throw you handy if you could maybe, uh, I already got these handcuffs off. I could just like walk away. You can just, like, what What happened there? there there's something, so something to that. He turned off his microphone. Yeah. And his body camera supported what she said, yeah. even though there was no audio. So I don't know what he said, but what I'm guessing is he's all horned up and trying to get her to talk with him about whatever he was trying to lead her into. Yeah. And she just went with it because she's like, I don't want to go to fucking juvie. Mm. So this is the line that I loved. The girl told detectives that Labrado then told her, quote, that sandwich wasn't free, you know. Oh! 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 And groped her bottom as he cuffed her hands behind her back and placed her hand into the back seat. The report said he lifted her shirt and bra and groped her breasts. Ooh! The girl told investigators that Labrador pulled up her mother's photos on his in-vehicle computer and asked if she would be interested in having, quote, a threesome. What? Probably not. The girl said, no, thank you. 
She also told uh, the police that Labrado said he would come to her house later to, quote, check up on her. Oh, good. And your mom. Hey, is your mom single, by the mm. way? Labrado denied the girl's allegations in an interview with the investigators, police said. But when they told him that his testimony was inconsistent with the video evidence that they did have, yeah. he replied, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he lost his job. Why? Oh. Because he's a Oh, the, the yeah. filing the 17-year-old yeah. thing. Right. Forgot about this that. This is going to give her some serious self-esteem issues. She doesn't even think she's worth a whole sandwich now. <laughs> she's only, she thinks like... Her body is only a half sandwich body. <gasps> oh, honey, I got half a grilled cheese. What'll that get me? Yeah. Around the world. Oh, poor thing. All right, Kinsburg, California. A gentleman and his two adult sons were arrested for alleged sexual assault of underage victims, including one child who was no more than 10 years old. Kingsburg police announced Friday that Francisco Hernandez Hernandez, 58, and his 26 year old son, Dario Santigo Hernandez Chavera, and 22-year-old Francisco Hernandez Chavera all were booked into Fresno County Jail on several felony sexual assault charges. So two adult brothers and their dad in his yeah. 50s? Oh, my God. Yeah. They said that the younger Hernandez Chavera allegedly has been sexually assaulting juveniles for more than a decade, oh. with incidents spanning from 2010 to 2021. Among the charges brought upon the 22-year-old was sexual intercourse or sodomy with a child 10 years or Ugh. younger. Hernandez Chavarra's bail was set the highest among the three relatives at $200,000. The other son, Dario, had his bail set at $150,000, charged with oral copulation and sexual penetration of a child <sighs> under 10 years of age or younger. Good and God. the father, Hernandez Hernandez, faced charges of lewd acts with a juvenile under 14 years old. His bail was set $80,000. I like how the dad liked him a little more mature. You know, I'm kind of pro Henry VIII now. Now that I hear all this, like he, this would not have flown back then. The case remains ongoing with Kingsburg Police to interview more children to see if there's more victims. Now, folks, I told you this story. If anyone has been raped by any of these people, please call Valley Crime Stoppers at five five nine four nine eight seven eight six seven. But us Serious first. calls only. But us first, so we can rub it into other podcasts. Ha ha, you got raped by <laughs> that guy and his kids. Ha ha. Las Vegas, boys. Hey, I was just there not too long ago. Police Ooh, arrested nice. a Clark County official in connection to the death of a reporter who had investigated his brother. Now, according to the report from the Las Vegas Review-Journal, Robert Rob Tellis, a county clerk administrator since 2019, was arrested on Wednesday evening on suspicion of murder tied to the stabbing of Jeff German, investigative reporter. Uh, this is a crazy story. This is a bonkers story, Croach. Mm -hmm. So this guy, Tellis, was last seen being transported in an ambulance after the authorities found him from self-inflicted wounds. The local newspaper reported German's work exposed accusations of bullying and a hostile work environment in Tellis' office. The Las Vegas Metro Police Department did not immediately respond to an inquiry from the media. Tellis' office did not respond to insiders' requests for comments either. In response to NPR, the department said earlier on Wednesday that it was executing search warrants related to the homicide. So everything's hush-hush, but everything is focused on this guy, and this guy tried to off himself well, when he was approached by the police. And it's come out that his DNA was at the crime scene, his vehicle is on camera leaving the crime scene, and he had uh, defensive wounds from when he uh, allegedly went to stab this reporter. 
that is correct. What a bunch of strange coincidences, yeah, right, guys? Wow. Seriously. Now, Tellez, who's pursuing a re-election bid, denied the accusations and described German stories as a lying smear piece. Officials from Clark County did not immediately return a request to comment. German continued to pursue information on Tellez and three other county officials, according to the Review Journal, before he was found dead. Now, this guy was a veteran reporter, and they found him dead on September 3rd outside of his home, and he was stabbed during an altercation the day before. So he got stabbed on the 2nd, and they found his ass bleeding out outside the next day. Yeah. So it's really fucking sad. Mm. The good news is, though, this guy German was a podcaster, and now he's dead, so that means there's one less true crime podcaster out there. And Gotta that look. means we just moved up the ranks one notch, boys. Gotta yeah. look on the bright side. Woo! It's a war of attrition, the podcasting game. I'm telling you, Kurt Menehy may look down on us, but <laughs> fuck him. Uh, 20-year-old, year old, wow, Denver, Colorado, a 20-year-old man was found guilty of shooting and killing a couple who responded to an online ad about buying a car. These are our creeps of the week this week, gentlemen, because this situation is really scary to me. Yeah. Like, if you, you just want to buy a car and you're going to go test drive it, they say go somewhere public. This happened in public. It was in a mall or something. Yeah. 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 So here's what happened. A jury found Kyrie Brown guilty on several charges, including two counts of second-degree murder, two counts of first-degree murder. He advertised the sale of a car which had been stolen. A gentleman by the name of Joe Rowland reportedly responded to the ad August 14, 2020, said he was interested in the car. Joe and his wife, Jocelyn reportedly met up with Brown at Southlands Mall to get the car. Joe reportedly noticed issues with the vehicle's <gasps> title, like that it was written in crayon. Yeah. And hey, when- Mr. Suzuki, <laughs> I don't think this is yours. He pulled out a gun after he goes, hey, what's wrong with this title, and demanded the couple just hand over the cash that they brought to purchase the car. Mm-hmm. Brown reportedly fired five shots, killing both of them. He reportedly stole about $3,000 from the couple and drove the car to another area and set it on fire. Oh, my God. Now, go ahead, Carl. When you're on Craigslist and the seller says something like, could you please bring $3,000 in cash? Mm -hmm. If that doesn't set off a lot of red flags, I mean, not to go victim blaming here, but holy shit, that is a creepy ass thing. I'm going to put money that these two felt safe and sound going to this meetup because it was at the mall. Yeah. Mm. And there's the lesson, folks. And it wasn't a Rondequite. Stone Cold Steve Austin was right. DTA. Don't trust anybody, son. What? There you have it. He's going to be sentenced on November 21st, and that is this week's edition of The Creep Off. Before we go, I got a fast food job. Congrats. Thank you. I spun the wheel last week, and I had to go find a job, and I was offered a position at a place called Rhino's Pizza. Do you think Vinny wants to go to a pizza shop? Yes, you would be correct. Vinny loves a pizza shop. Do you get a discount? Did you? I don't want a discount. (laughs) Okay. Rhino's Pizza is Rochester's home of the pickle pizza. Mm. Ooh. I cannot think of anything more disgusting or fucking triggering that, to me as a person than a pickled fucking pizza. Yeah, I like both those words, but individually. Uh, I you put them together. I hate shit. pickles, dude. The thought of the smell of the vinegar and shit, like I'm already starting to feel sick and shitty thinking about it. I'm going to go work a shift there, <laughs> and we'll see how that all goes. That'll be fun. So you're just going to work one day there and then yeah, just spend eight hours. I'm going to work an eight hour shift making pickle pizza. 401k <laughs> benefits? Yeah, yeah, how's the healthcare? Yeah. I'm going to fucking need it. All right. 
Probably not good if they're selling pickled pizza. I'll see you guys at the roast. Next week's show is going to be a live event, so I hope you enjoy it. Please consider supporting the show on Patreon, patreon.com backslash the creep off. You could get cool merch and bonus episodes like the roast of Carl and Vinny. Mm. And uh, until next time we meet, it's nice to be important. It's more important to be nice. Gagia. Ah, fucking get me out of here. <laughs> <laughs> this fucking thing over. Right? <laughs>